Do you ever see those Pop Tart commercial, uh, Toaster Strudel commercials from like the 90s when they would totally shit on the kids for eating Pop Tarts? Yes. And they're just like, oh, when is your mom going to start buying Toaster Strudel instead? Uh, <laughs> I, I am what they call a state mandated reporter. That means if I see child abuse, I need to report it. And I'm sad to say I had to uh, report some parents for sending their children to school with Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the phone with this person. Yeah, I've, uh, I've witnessed some child abuse. Is that okay? Well, I'll just do the... Yeah, so the child came in with her parent. Yes, okay. I understand. Uh, and, now... And, uh, and they and they handed me uh, uh, cold pop tarts that they wanted us to, to toast in their in their to, in our toaster. Yes, okay, I understand. Um, yeah, and that's what that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get someone on this right away, sir. <laughs> Lovely. And, and now that child is in uh, state state custody, yeah, uh, eating toaster strudels. Child is way better off. Uh, someone, so, someone's in the pro uh, toaster strudel camp here. I just had like toaster strudels a few days ago. Oh my god, I forgot how fucking amazing they are! Right, strawberry oh. cream cheese, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a preference to be honest. I don't eat enough uh, breakfast uh, pastries, so. Well, in terms of so, just having, having pop tarts cold, pop tarts just untoasted are perfectly fine. But oh yeah, pop tarts. I prefer you... pop tarts untoasted. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to put you're, something in a toaster, you're sick bastards. <laughs> it better be a strudel. Well, yeah. If you're gonna, I mean, that's the that's actually genuinely worth he, toasting. So here's, what they're for here's the thing. Toaster about. strudel. Pop tarts do not have the word toaster in their name. Toaster strudel does. So what do you do? Are you a heathen? But, do you but not they eat? pop. They pop because they pop out of a toaster. Not the way I eat them. Here's how I eat them, though. They do go in the toaster, not at a not at a high setting, like pretty much the minimum setting. But you snap them in half, they instantly go into milk. Mm. Mm. I gotta try mm. that sometime. It, it makes it makes them very soft, very pleasant to eat. What what is what is your opinion on toast? Do you have? See, I want. I just want to eat charcoal. I just toast the shit. It's a toaster. Um, I like I like it a little. I like it a little brown. Not 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 charcoal. I I don't I don't want it like barely toasted though. I want I want I want some I want some texture. Texture is good, but I don't want no burn flavor whatsoever. My dad, uh, growing up and to this day he still does this. He likes burnt popcorn. Oh man, it's the best. He, I know it it ruined it ruined everything. It ruined my relationship with my father. I can't speak to him anymore. <laughs> It's a touchy so, subject for me, guys. Come on. So, so, would you say it's a toasty subject? Would you like to Fuck hear? You. Would you like to hear my greatest achievement in the history of uh, the few occasions I've had to be high? Sure. sure. Um, uh, I invented something I called s'moreception, <laughs> which was I got s'mores flavored pop tarts. And between them, put Fluffernutter and Nutella. <laughs> okay, now see, here's the thing: is the, the s'mores pop tarts are the devil. They're awful. It's way what? too much chocolate. It's, it's oh, I can't on. deal with it. I can't deal with it. It grosses me out. Welcome to undercooked pop tarts, where <laughs> we discuss so, breakfast pastries. Welcome to so, undertoasted analysis. <laughs> I do. I do have a, a, a popcorn story. Is one time. We, uh, our science club at, at my high school could basically get away with just avoiding an entire class because our teacher was so cool and just let us do whatever. And so we, um, would always go into this back area where she had a, a microwave set up. And so we always had problems getting, uh, microwave popcorn to work right in this thing. Mm-hmm. It would either go not far enough or too far. One day, a person who, normally doesn't bring the uh, microwavable popcorn in, brings in microwavable popcorn and puts it in a giant setting, like like five minutes, and we're not paying attention. 
and smoke starts coming out of the thing. And so we open it up as quick as possible. Uh, and then inside was a thing that we have since dubbed Fluffy. <laughs> Fluffy was horrifying. <laughs> but man, did Fluffy smell good. Oh, God. We did not touch Fluffy. Uh, we got the rubber gloves from the science room and just threw it into the trash after it cooled off. But yeah. Wonderful. Fluffy was Fluffy was the inspiration for the marshmallow kid in the marshmallow child in marshmallow and the in the uh, marshmallow family. You know what's odd is I was about to allude to one of your stories, but not um, that one. Although it makes sense, I was going to somehow relate it to, but that was that was quickly overshadowed by the non Newtonian nonsense. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Here we all are talking about breakfast, but it's late at night. I'm sure we're already thinking about, you know, if kids can see, you know, the cinnamon. Can adults see the cinnamon sugar swirls on the cinnamon toast crunch? But more importantly, can we find the good in uh, tonight's story? Um, I offer you, my friends. Uh, guys, it's been so fucking long since we've read anything good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping here's here's the thing. I've I brought something to the table tonight that I hope will fix that. Uh, so um, it better not be s'mores pop tarts. N- no, no. Look, even even I'm not that much of a masochist. I mean, come on. Um, Go to hell. <laughs> also, one more thing: pop tarts are a eating, walking around food, but toaster strudels are a sit down deal. You know? Yeah. You don't want to have a toaster strudel on the go. Toaster Strudel Go is not an app, so... No. No? No, it's not. No, it doesn't work. Uh, we are going to read a C.K. Walker story tonight, and um, I am a fan of her work. Uh, I've talked about Baraska a few times, and I we I want to get to Baraska, but we need to like actually sit down and power through that. So I figured I'd grab a warm-up story. Um, just to see, so you guys can kind of get a taste of her work. And if you've listened to Midnight Marinara, and by the way, this marks the first episode of Undercooked Analysis that is on our new podcast feed on the Benview Network. Yes, uh, Undercooked Analysis is now its own podcast, uh, separate from Midnight Marinara. So please say, stay uh, subscribed to both, and I would appreciate that. Uh, I'm sure we all would. Um, but this particular story, um, if you if you listen to Room 733 on Midnight Marinara, that is a C.K. Walker story. Um, and uh, I figured I would grab one that I had never read before, read it blind with you guys, and we could uh, get our you know get our, get some thoughts on it. Okay, so was this um, written before or after Louis? Louis? Yeah, it was written by Louis C.K. Right. So this is a was suicide this in the, was of Stephen Was this in the Lucky Louie era? <laughs> no, this yeah. is Life with Louie, which was that show. God damn it. <laughs> Life with Loopy. Oh my god, we're going to go on so many tangents. We are reading what? The Suicide of Stephen Alligan. Alligan? Okay. Alligan. Maybe Alligan. There's two L's. Alligan? I think it's I think it's Alligan. Alligan. The Suicide of Stephen Alligan. By C.K. Walker. Um, you should you should know what, how it's pronounced, David. You're a giant fan of Louis C.K. <laughs> all right. Stephen All in the Family died on a quiet Wednesday morning in August of 1999. Wow, quick story. <laughs> yeah. Short, sweet, to the point, unlike another story called 1999. By all accounts, Stephen was a happy, healthy, well-adjusted 29-year-old man. He was a biology professor at a local community uh, college living with his girlfriend, Megan, and their four-year-old son. Megan was still asleep when two cops knocked on her door a few minutes before 9 a.m. Good morning, ma'am. Is your name Megan Owens? Yes, it is. Is something wrong? Do you know a person named Stephen Alligan? Yes, of course. He's my boyfriend. Would you like to sit down? Megan called her young son to her side and rocked him through tears as the officers explained that the body of a man had been seen falling from the Cold Spring Canyon Arch Bridge uh, just after sunrise that morning. 
The witnesses called police. Stephen's car was found parked on the bridge with a running video camera positioned on his dashboard recording his final minutes. Yeah, he, he wasn't planning on doing a suicide. He was just planning on doing a sick backflip off of it. <laughs> he forgot. He was the... recording a YouTube video of himself singing the song All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> he this realized is, at the is... last minute he'd forgotten the bungee cord. I forgot my bunch. Uh, he, th- this is literally that episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> when Mac tries to jump off the bridge. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And With then Country, Country Mac, Mac actually does it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it my turn to read? Uh, I think it's me. Okay. Oh, my God. And did you, did you watch the recording? Yes, ma'am, we did. And did he jump? Yes, ma'am. This was the detail that Megan would suffer from most of her life. After the shock had passed and the grief had built and peaked and finally cooled to a tolerable ache, after years had separated Megan from the traumatic morning. She could, uh, she could never let it go. This one, this one detail was sour to her. It was absurd and inconsistent with Steven's character. Why record your own death? Hmm. Cause it's fucking metal. <laughs> Do you guys, uh, what was the name of that, that, uh, fucking politician who like shot himself at a press conference? It was JFK. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. No, he I just read, I just read about this. He was like, uh, he he was he, 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 he pulled a gun out of an envelope and shot himself in like the head in front of an entire like press conference. I don't know. I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head. I could probably Google it, but I'm not going to. Um. Yeah, it was JFK. He fired a literal magic bullet. <laughs> Out of a gun, and uh, he, he, he went into the book depository, fired the bullet, and then it's a magic bullet. So days later, when he's like driving through, it hits himself in the head. It's um, it was all it was all by accident. He forgot that he set the bullet in motion. It was that time freezing. He had that time freezing thing from uh, Breath of the Wild. I was going to make the same joke. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> we're, we're going. We can't do it here, but at some point we're going to go and do a giant tirade about Breath of the Wild because I got so much to say about the game. Can we just do a one-off where where it's not even us talking about anything, just Breath yeah. of the Wild? Let's do that yeah. after this. Okay, let's do that. All right. Awesome. Uh, I'm in. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, was it because he wanted her to know without a doubt that he'd done it to himself? Did he do it because he knew no one would believe him he was capable of suicide and he wanted to avoid exhaustive investigations for his family's sake? Had he been trying to actually record something else and had fallen over the railing and into the gorge? Was he, was he doing the whole, like, uh, Russian, uh, you know, dash cam thing? Because every, literally everybody in Russia has to have those. Maybe uh, Steve subscribes to the... Uh, Steven subscribes to the idea of... Uh, if you kill yourself, you win. Yeah. It's like, I won. <laughs> why, why is it spelling Steve two different ways? Steve in two different ways. Uh, we got Steven and Stefan. What? Uh, Steve. So it, it is spelled. Oh, it is. You're right. Yeah, there's Steven and Stefan. <laughs> Maybe Wait. that's the tr- that's the trick to this story. They're two different people. Yeah. Let's pay attention to that. After the M.A. had officially ruled cause of death to be suicide, Megan asked for Steven's body back. (laughs) Megan! (laughs) I got your jacket! (laughs) His family intervened and took custody of it, opting to cremate their son and spread his ashes over their rural farm. Megan was in no legal position to stop them. God damn it, Alan. Uh, you get so Megan because I never got to say his last name and say Stephen Alligator. <laughs> mm. 
So when the cops offered Megan the tape from the day of Stephen's death, she took it. Uh, though they stressed to her that the tape should be destroyed and that watching it would only hurt her more. Wouldn't they keep the tape? Um, no, this is in 1999 when they freely give uh, police tapes out to people who ask about them. I mean, look at another story we read. Oh, 1999? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was, that feels like it was so long ago at this point. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't I was even here yet. Yeah. Alan, Alan uh, wasn't even a twinkle in our eye yet. Yeah, so we're so distant from that that now it's a very tolerable ache. Yeah. Now we have Happy Appy, which is kind of uh, spread applesauce over the burns left by uh, Mr. Bear. Uh uh, but no, but now we're, but we're sorry. Where were we? Uh, she didn't watch the tape. Oh, she didn't watch the tape, but she didn't destroy it either. It sat on top of her VCR in her room for a decade, slowly driving her insane. Wow. It's an insanity inducing tape. Megan spent the last 10 years. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Megan spent the last 10 years of her life locked in her room, drinking gin and wine and occasionally raising her son. Ah, mom. <laughs> Just kidding. My mom was great. Um, I was a good kid. I, oh. Okay, uh, Alan, continue. No, I, I, I am continuing. That's the next no, I'm, sentence. I'm saying that. Yeah. No, I'm saying you gotta you gotta keep reading the story. Yeah. No, it's uh, that. That's an interesting shift there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was just about to ask who the narrator is in this, whether this is just a journalist or what, because we're getting dialogue. But that it, was a nice it's, explanation. No. Yeah, it's it's really like, boom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the setup, actually, I like it with the setup, because it's like, yeah, her son. I was a good kid. Oh, okay, so the, the son is telling the story. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get in fights or cause problems or even get sick, but my mother still looked at me like a fuck-up, a disappointment. She told me I looked like my father. I don't think she liked that about mm. me. You, you know what I like about this is that that shift actually like, okay, so we have a setup and it's like, okay, it's it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, you know, keep reading. But as soon as we hit the hit this part, I've actually became a lot more invested in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. I, I do like that. The tape is kind of like this little Pandora's box thing. Mm hmm. Yeah. Where uh, maybe there is some sort of nice answer in it. Maybe there is some some kind of hope inside the tape. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what you would do with that. Um, however, uh, nothing up until this point in the story has really wowed me. I, I really need something to drive home what's happening, you know? Right. We haven't, I figure we haven't hit that yet. I'm just saying that for, for me personally, the setup of the story became, it, it, it shifted to be a little more personal. And I like that. Yeah. But I mean, on the opposite end of the spectrum, given our recent track record, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing disagreeable yet. No, 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 no. No, no. I had to uh, I had reserved to carry on like this until I was 18. But then on one very ordinary day, she went missing. I was 16 at the time and had stayed at a friend's house the night before. I did find it weird when I returned home the next morning to find her car gone on a day she wasn't working. But I was glad I went to school as usual. But when she was still wasn't back. When I got home, I started to worry. I spent most of that night debating whether or not I should call the police. I didn't, but early the next morning, they showed up at my door anyway. What's your name, son? Robbie. Ah, Robert Alligator. (laughs) And is your mother Megan Owens? She's missing. Is Megan Owens your mom? Yes. When did you last see her? Tuesday morning before school. Is she okay? It's, um, it's, it's, 
everything okay? That's a typo, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. It'll be all right. Will you take a seat? Oh, <laughs> whenever they say, whenever anybody says to you, take a seat, this is just in life in general. Whenever anybody says to you, take a seat, be worried. Be instantly worried. Uh, sir, we're going to have to ask you to sit down on the ride. No! No, I know that's going to happen now. <laughs> this is a death trap. It's like, sir, we yeah. need you to take a seat. I don't need to poop right now. Chris. Uh, Chris Hansen joke. Um, (laughs) They told me that a hiker found my mother's body in the gorge. I should have been surprised to hear it, but I wasn't. If she was going to do it, she would have done it the same way as him, to be with him. They said her car was parked on the shoulder of the road next to the arch bridge. They asked if she had been depressed or on any medication. I said no, but my eyes wandered to her bedroom door. You notice her name is Megan Owens, and the name of the child is Robert Alligan, and the father is Robert Alligan. And apparently, from the picture we're getting, Stephen wasn't, um, they had a fine relationship, which was why the suicide was unexpected. So that is peculiar that she goes back to her maiden name, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Well, they were never. One of the I mean, they were never married. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He was only her boyfriend. Good catch. Thank you. Bad. Bad attention span on me. One of the cops went outside to make a phone call, and the other asked me to go upstairs and pack some things. I asked if uh, asked if I had family nearby. Uh, only my uh, only family only my dad's family. I told him who lived on a farm and whom I never met. I packed a bag in a relieved yet mournful state. At least her suffering was over. At least she wouldn't live in service to the tape anymore. But I know and I knew that... that, But I know and I knew then that she had finally watched it. I knew I couldn't leave it behind. Okay, so... Hmm. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, he wasn't wasn't as broken up about it because his mom was always pretty distant after what happened. Like, he doesn't write about her in the most, like... Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, she's a gin drunk. Right. By the way, everyone, the drink of tonight is uh, Jameson and ginger ale. That sounds pretty good. It's it's quite delicious. Um, You guys realize that uh, it's going to be quite the uh, adventure when we all uh, meet up this year, hopefully, right? Oh, totally. Quite the alcoholic adventure. (laughs) (laughs) You guys will be fine. I'll be like, I'll take a sip of something and immediately fall over. (laughs) I'll just be like, I'll I'll just take a ginger ale. I'll just take a Shirley Temple. (laughs) You're going to die tonight, David. (laughs) (laughs) No, what you do is you take a toaster strudel, right? You toast it. You take it out, and then you build a little lake out of the uh, syrup that you put on top. The the uh, oh, is what's the word I'm looking for? Frosting. Frosting. The frosting. You build a little moat out of the frosting, and then you pour a shot into the frosting, and then you eat it. Pretty. How about you just scissor off the top of a <laughs> cooked toaster strudel? <laughs> fold it open like a cup and just pour alcohol into it. <laughs> oh my god. Well, Guys, we're, we're cooking with fire now. Yo! <laughs> Let's turn up the that's heat. What, <laughs> it, that's what we're gonna... This is what we're gonna you be know, doing. You know, every time I talk to you guys... I find myself part of the new dumbest conversation I've ever been a part of. <laughs> I, I read, I, you know, I, um, I heard a very interesting thing uh, for perspective about uh, Monty Python. And that was that um, when you think about what they do, the sketches they do are really, really, really dumb in tone, but they're done in a very smart way. 
my earnest hope is that somewhere underneath all this dumb, stupid bullshit, there's something intelligent. I'm beginning like to, to have that. my doubts, though. <laughs> you know, th- there's a thing I always thought of when I watched Monty Python, and I want everyone out there to think about this like as they're watching it. It, it makes you watch the show in an entirely different way. Okay. Think of every Monty Python sketch... And then imagine that writing meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have this idea for a sketch. It's about a dead parrot. All right, go on. <laughs> you, can, you can do the same thing with uh, Always Sunny now that you think about yeah. it. It's Always well, Sunny well, in Philly. It's got cringe humor, though. Well, it's more, yeah, there's more cringe humor, I guess. But um, if you, it's I've really. Heard, I've forgotten where we are entirely. In this oh, story, we're we're about to uh, find out about the tape. I think. It sat on top of her old VCR, outside of its sleeve. I picked it up and pushed it into the VCR, and then sat on the bed. The TV screen flickered blue, with the bold white letters of "Play" flashing in the upper right-hand corner. I'd always respected my mom's wishes in regard to the tape. The truth was, I never wanted to watch it. I hadn't known my father, and I didn't remember him. But now I wanted to know what she'd seen. I had to know. Whatever was on that tape had killed both of my parents, and I needed to know what it was. Because right now, all I felt was a comfortable numbness. Was I in shock? Was there something wrong with me? I knew I would probably regret it, but I needed to watch it anyway. Jira symptoms? Not, you know. No. There's a distinction. And here's the distinction is like, by the way, this is fueled by a genuine need to know something important, not just because, oh, this is weird and kind of frightening. I guess I'll keep playing despite all the signs. I want to I just want to make that <clears throat> distinction right now because we've been dealing with a lot of Jira symptoms lately, <laughs> especially in the last um, couple episodes. Speaking of which, uh, I wish I, I had the time to uh, go through the comments and credit them properly. But someone pointed out uh, and thanks for this, by the way, because I've been thinking about it for a little bit now. Uh, there's Jera symptoms, but those are just the symptoms of Jera syndrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jera syndrome, though, is, is much more defined. Yeah. And we recognize it in a very specific way that stories are written. Right. Um, But yeah. Are you ready for your epic paragraph, Alan? Yes. I rewound the cassette back three minutes. Then I hit play. The screen blinked a second, and then I was looking at an empty bridge and its concrete railing on the right. There was nothing on the other side of the barrier but dimly lit sky. It was also raining lightly, which is something my mother had mentioned about the day. The point of view was through the windshield of a car, like a modern-day dash cam. There were no people in the shot. I hadn't gone back far enough. I hit stop, collaborated, and listened. (laughs) (laughs) i hit stop and then rewind i let it go back another 20 minutes and then i hit play again this time the camera was moving or rather the car was the only sound uh plural mobile sounds was the hum of the light highway the pitter patter of rain on the windshield and my father's ragged breathing Shouldn't it be like ragged? It is. That is. That is. Ragged. Yeah, that's that's ragged. Okay. Um, <laughs> after a few minutes, ragged. It's. I swear so... to fuck. One day we will teach you how to read. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever. Don't count on it. Ragged, spelled the, ragged, spelled the same way as ragged. Um, after a few minutes, I could hear another sound as well. It was cry- his quiet crying. I could see the bridge approaching from a distance in the thin light of dawn, and by the time he pulled up to it, his breathing was even and the crying had stopped. My father parked the car on the side of the bridge, and I heard him roll all the windows down. 
Then he got out, and I heard the sound of the back door opening and a rustling behind the camera. When he reemerged at the front of the car, he was dragging something behind him. When he'd gotten far enough in front of the car, I saw it was a little boy. He turned to address the camera. A cold shudder racked through my body as I recognized the little boy was me. I'd been there that day. Uh, I'd been there that day? I'd seen my father die? I remembered none of it. I hugged my arms to my body and turned up the volume as my father began to talk to the camera. What did you do, Megan? We were a family. We loved each other. We were happy. As he spoke, I watched my little face on the screen. Instead of looking scared or confused or uncomfortable, I was smiling. It was the smile of a child who'd gotten away with stealing a cookie from the cupboard. A snarky, satisfied smile. I've tried it dozens of times in dozens of different ways. I've used controls, lab equipment from the school. I've taken meticulous notes, and I've destroyed it all because the result is always the same. He always comes back. Then he, then he lifted the boy up into his arms, and four-year-old me stared into the camera. It's not natural, Megan. Megan. It's not right. We would have been okay. Why did you do it? I could hear the tortured emotion bleeding from his voice, the levee about to break. I couldn't tell for certain in the rain, but I was sure he was crying. He always comes back. I know. I don't know how. What did you do, Megan? His voice cracked, and the little boy in his arms picked his head, uh, picked up his head, and started giggling. My father's face registered fear, and then he looked, uh, took two determined steps to the concrete railing, and threw the child over the side of the bridge. The giggling turned to laughter, laughing, and just faded down into the abyss as I fell with the rain. Whoa. What the fuck? I dropped the remote and felt the sick roiling up my throat. What the fuck? Right? (laughs) Yeah. How did I survive a fall from a 400-foot-tall bridge? I took quick, unnecessary stock of my body to see if I could find any scars, phantom pains, or permanent damage. When I finally looked back at the screen, my father was staring out of it looking directly at me as if he'd been waiting for my attention. What did you do, Megan? He whispered one last time. Then he casually walked over the side of the bridge, threw one leg over the railing, and then sort of just rolled, rolling off the ledge. Then just, then sort of just rolling off the ledge. Okay. Mm -hmm. The rest of the tape was what I had seen earlier. The sky lightening and the rain letting up. And then the tape just ended. I took it with me. I never watched it again. Okay. So let's talk about what just happened. Damn, this is some um, Twilight Zone <laughs> shit right here. That's that's really the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, this has taken an interesting turn. Oh, yeah. Not at all where I pre- thought it w- would go. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I like about C.K. Walker's writing. <laughs> and I, I keep, keep in mind, I haven't read this story before. Like this mm-hmm. is this is me going in blind as well. So at first, I thought it was going to be a paternity thing. Yeah. Did anyone else get that kind of feeling? Uh, a, l- a little bit. Maybe, but. I don't know. Especially, especially when it was talking about lab equipment, but then they immediately were just like, supernatural child. It's it's the girl from Hero. <laughs> the cheerleader from Hero. Oh, man. What I, what I really love about this is the idea that, I mean, you think, okay, oh, God, a demon child they can't kill. But your 
but our narrator is uh, supposedly that same kid, and I, 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 that is fascinating to me. I think that adds an extra layer of just uh, real intrigue to the whole thing when you're apparently uh, da- uh, Damien. Um, speaking of heroes, that's one of those things, like, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I have this reoccurring joke I tell people. Um, I don't remember what it became in reference to, but it was originally in reference to heroes. I was like, man, it's a shame that show didn't continue past its first season. Because <laughs> <laughs> I choose to ignore everything after season one happened. That's uh, what most people I know who've seen it uh, do. I've never seen Heroes, but uh, I'm one of those people who likes to hear people tell me about shows secondhand because I almost find it more entertaining. Like, uh, that's how I, I get a lot of my uh, feed of Game of Thrones these days. And it's infinitely more fun when one particular friend I have describes it to me because he uses uh, the most exaggerated terms possible and just has this really unique way of describing it that just cracks me up so yeah but then you don't get to see peepees going into the vaginas while they have important uh, political conversations while that's happening yeah. i still remember seeing that bit where they're just like you two practice having sex you two brothel girls and then little fingers in the foreground just like i'm gonna tell you about this thing and just in the background there's just these two girls humping so i, I, yeah, see, I, want, I want a show like that that does that stuff that isn't game of thrones and i actually care about that would be um, nice. That's just like half porn and half serious conversation, but it doesn't I, what exist I, what outside I of say Game about, of Thrones. What I will say about Game of Thrones is there are exactly three characters. There's three characters in the series I like, and two characters I liked enough that it kept me watching. Mm-hmm. And in one season, one of those characters that kept me watching died. And in the next season, the other character died, but then it turns out that first character was not actually dead. <laughs> That's that show for you. It's a game of people you like getting fucked over over and over again. So, uh, yeah. I'm... Oh, and I don't give a shit about Game of Thrones spoilers, so I'm talking about the Hound and Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right, cool. Uh but let's do they, get back to do the... they die before or after Harry Potter? Um, How many horcruxes um, right around, does the Hound have? Uh, they both die right around the same time as uh, Han Solo. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this the story though, guys. Yep. Uh, I spent the next year living on my like Breath of the Wild. I spent the next year playing Breath of the Wild while living on my grandparents' farm, uh, doing every drug I could get a hold of in their small town, trying to avoid the thoughts and questions in my head and the implications of the tape I'd watched. Toward the end of my time there, I sobered up just long enough to realize there was no escape. I decided to track down the cops who'd responded on the day of my dad's suicide. Actually, smart thing to do. Yeah, the police would would have seen the tape. I spent the next year living on my grandparents' farm playing Breath of the Wild, trying out every elixir combination I could possibly think of. <laughs> uh, I still need to yeah, find so, at least so, two more rare horses. Man, I just got my big horse. And that's oh, what I named you my got big the big horse, horse too? I named my big horse Big Horse, all word <laughs> uncapitalized. <laughs> I was like, this, Chelsea, we're naming this Big Horse because this makes my horse become the Big Horse. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I love this. I'm already digging this story, but I just really, really want to talk about Breath of the Wild. It's the same. Uh, I really just want to play Breath of the Wild. Um, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Here, here's what the problem is, you guys. This story isn't bad enough for us to riff off of. Yeah. So we're going on tangents on our own. Right. Yeah, um, so this is probably I, a problem for people who enjoy the banter part of the show, but I'm sure the people who love the, the analysis part of the show are going, thank fucking God! Yeah, the I do like that he's 
he, he doesn't explicitly say it here, but he's trying to kill himself with drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, anyway. But he can't die. Clearly, he's Frankenstein child or whatever. Mm-hmm. Who read last? Uh, that Alan. was Alan. Of the three who had watched the tape, only one remained on the force. Uh, he was a grizzled detective <laughs> with a heart of gold. I bombarded his office with calls that he never responded to. I left messages and sent dozens of uh, dozens of emails. Sent a dozen emails. Uh, I was debating going back to. I was debating going back to hometown, to my hometown is what it should be, right? Mm-hmm. To ambush him, uh, to ambush the him in his office when the letter arrived in the mail for me. <laughs> the bad grammar there cracks me up. Um, it was from the office, a detective now with a heart of gold. He asked me to stop calling his office and to please never contact him again. He wanted nothing to do with me then, and even less so now. But it was a polite letter, and he did answer my question. Your father's body was the only one found under the bridge. What we went to inform your mother that her when we went to inform your mother that her husband was dead and likely her son as well, we found you playing at her side. How can we charge a dead man with the murder of a boy whose body is still breathing? We walked away from this case, and I don't speak of it. Although I'm too afraid to continue my father's experiments, I have had some confirmation that I would likely get the same results. During one of my more intense binges, I did enough heroin to kill ten Keith Richards because I wasn't sure I wanted to live anymore. But I woke up the next day feeling fine. Feeling real fine. In feeling fact, was fine, high as, as, feeling <laughs> fine as shit. <laughs> All the heroin, none of the side effects. I'm heroining. <laughs> And then last year, I was in a car accident that reduced my truck to two square meters of twisted metal. The cops found me dazed, sitting next to the wreckage. My clothes coated in my own blood and torn to shreds, but of course I didn't have a scratch on me. Sometimes I sober up just long enough for the clouds to part and clarity to descend. I remember more of my childhood in these moments, and I remember further back than I should. Lost memories resurface like whales from the depths of the ocean, breaking the water so briefly and then sinking back into the abyss. I remember how much my parents loved each other. I remember how much they loved me. I could see my mother smiling. I'd never seen her smile before. I remember the sickness too sometimes, laying in my warm bed at home for months and then laying in the cold one at the hospital. So much pain. Sad faces, sober doctors, sober dwarf, and my parents' tears. But then another memory laps in, and I'm outside playing, just your average healthy three-year-old. And then I remember my father on the tape, confused and scared and desperate. What did you do, Megan? And uh, there you have it. That was a actually that was shorter than I expected. Yeah. Hmm. I'll tell you what it was, though. It was pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. I remember the answer. sickness too. Sometimes, sometimes I get down with the sickness. <clears throat> what did you do, <clears throat> Megan? <laughs> what did you do, Megan? Did you open up your hate and let it flow into me? <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, I like I like the ambiguity of it. I don't. I like that we. Again, like a good like a good horror story, there's a just a little bit of a clear picture, but we never get the the whole the whole shebang. We don't know what happened to cause this uh, this boy to be immortal. If anyone out there is wondering what we're talking about when we talk about sometimes stories are better if they don't tell you everything, this is a pretty perfect fucking example of it. Oh, oh yeah. But here's the thing: is we've we talked about this before. You don't want there to be endless answers. You don't want, and uh, sometimes you don't want there to be one answer. Like a handful of answers is 
a really good situation to be in. And so in this situation, the mystery we're left with is what did you do, Megan? Like what, what happened to cause this to happen? But with this one plot contrivance of not having that uh, question answered, the story takes us in some interesting directions. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of potential things that could have happened, and we they're all purely conjecture at this point. There's no way we can pinpoint anything concrete about what this kid is able to do, uh, what they did to uh, essentially make him immortal, and what about him like essentially drove them to uh, suicide eventually. We we know. We know that he's sick. We know that he was in the hospital. We know that somehow he's now immortal. We know that, we know that somehow... he's down with his sickness. Right. Um, Ooh, ah, 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 ah. And what's important is that we are given the correct amount of details in so much as if we knew, like, one fewer of these things, it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. We're given exactly the correct amount of information. Oh, yeah. Trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's interesting because, like, a few of the other stories of, uh, a few of the other stories I've read um, of the same authors are very much in this style. Some of them are longer, some of them are shorter, but you get just enough. No, every, every single story written by this person has the same exact number of words, <laughs> of letters. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Some of them are longer, some of them are shorter. Oh, really, David? <laughs> <sighs> you know, being the straight man on this show is really hard sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, we have no sympathy for you. No, no. you don't. <laughs> no. Really why, why, are you, why are you my co-hosts again? Um... <laughs> I don't know. You you put yourself in the position of the straight man, so... I hold the powers of life and death in my hands here, you know. <laughs> yes, if you kill yourself, you win. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I just want to say I like this story, and I want to read more of these, and, uh... Yeah, this was, this was very good. This is to whet your appetite for Baraska, which is, um... I think legit horrifying, but um, and not many stories I've read uh, give me that same kind of sense of sense of that. But uh, that's a good one, and uh, we will. I promise you, guys. I know if some people have been like David, follow through, do freaking Baraska already. I, it's gonna happen, but I want to kind of ease into it because that is gonna that is a four part like epic. That is C.K. Walker's epic that she wrote. So. Yeah, uh, we will get to that in due course. In the meantime, uh, anyone got anything they want to plug? Uh, I have a video that I put up on April 1st. It is still applicable even after April 1st. Uh, it doesn't need to be April 1st for the video to be enjoyable, I think. Uh, it's called Ori Box, and it is about a man's adventure to study... Um, why old Japanese people are healthy. Oh. <laughs> Sounds good. And I think it's pretty good. Nice. It's a genuine story, even though it was released on April 1st. Speaking of April <clears throat> uh, first releases, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I understand you've rebranded your channel. <laughs> it's true. Um, he rebranded it. He rebranded re <laughs> I rebranded to my channel. Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, I uh, I wasn't happy with my subs, so I sought out a uh, creepypasta narrator who has slightly more subs than I do, um, and uh, purchased the likeness to their character. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm much, quite for how, happy. For how much? Uh, an undisclosed sum of money and trap porn. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Um like, I don't have enough trap porn already. Well, I guess one can never have enough. God damn it. He just gave me a bag and said, as much will fit in this bag. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
which is weird because which is weird because I was putting it on a hard drive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bring me yon VHS tapes. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, that's that's a fun little thing I did on the Ignis Pergamentum channel. Mm -hmm. Um, up and active is Drunken Pirate Gaming Nights. That's a thing. That's a thing you can subscribe to now. Hoorah. Uh, if you, we just started our playthrough of Breath of the Wild. Um, and also go subscribe to Coffee and Pie. Uh, we are doing monthly episodes of Coffee and Pie. Beautiful. And yeah, that's what I'm up to. Speaking of creepypasta narration, though, I also uh, read the first midnight snack we've done in a while. And the first radio audio drama type thing I've edited in a while uh, was put up on April 1st. And again, not a joke, legit, sincere uh, story written by Slime Beast and uh, featuring myself, uh, these two gentlemen, uh, Kayla. Where? <laughs> gentlemen, where? <laughs> gentlemen, we're, you know, the, 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 the gentlemen, we're. Uh, these two man sluts. These two dad, these these two douchebags, and uh, uh, Matt and Kayla and uh, and Nick Barbera, and uh, I think it turned out really good. It's uh, it's called Fakes, and despite it being a sincere story, the subject matter is completely ridiculous and a lot of fun. And uh, I it, editing it made me feel like rejuvenated, and uh, I'm really eagerly uh, looking forward to October when I can actually start doing uh, my. Uh, Midnight Marinara again, and uh, or at least releasing it. I am actively working on Midnight Marinara even now. Yeah, uh, in the buildup. So, so tune in, tune in if you want to hear one of the four voices I can do and <laughs> the one voice Brandon can do. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, formal Lens archives on that video said uh, quite the jab, ten out of ten, oh. and I responded more like a haymaker. <laughs> <laughs> It's very true. <laughs> and as I responded, someone mentioned your one voice, and I was like, <laughs> man, I had no clue we were getting Billy Mays for this recording. <laughs> Involved a Ouija board. <laughs> Hello out there in Benview podcast land. My name is Josh, and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games, or more accurately, listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.